Hi, I'm Jamie Poisson, and I host CBC's daily news podcast, Front Burner. Every weekday, we set out to have a conversation about the biggest Canadian and global issues that you want to know more about, from politics to culture to online stuff. We spend a lot of time on the show thinking about the best ways to have those conversations and searching for the smartest people to have them with. That's it. That's the cell. I hope you'll tune in. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. So what happens when you get a little older and you settle down? Like take Chromio, banned from Montreal, have spent 20 years bringing electro-funk to the masses, and their lyrics generally about, you know, having a good time, chatting someone up at the bar. And listen, it's work for them. Got them a Grammy nomination, you know, work for them. But what happens when you grow up and you start staying home and crocheting instead of going out and canoodling? Take a listen. But baby, you keep all my attention. That's Chromio and I Don't Need a New Girl from their new album called Adult Contemporary. I Don't Need a New Girl from Chromio? Are they talking about monogamy? Are they talking about commitment? Are they talking about getting older and settling down? Well, yeah, they are. And we talk about all this, and I absolutely love this. They talk about what it means to be funky as you approach Middle age. Dave One and P Thug of the Montreal band Chromio join me in our studio in Toronto to talk about adult contemporary, getting back to their roots, and 20 years of the band. Take a listen. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank Great you. to be here. The nice, nice to have you. I love the I love the record. Thank you so much. What's going on? Getting older? What's going on here? Uh well, we are. But uh <laughs> we are. But we're not getting any less funky. And <laughs> that's a good t-shirt. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. So hold on, in, in seriousness, so you, you start putting this record together uh-huh. and you're thinking to yourself, it's time to start singing about maybe something a bit more sincere, something a bit more grown up. Yeah, grown and sexy. Um, but but it's we didn't really have, the theme didn't coalesce um, right at the beginning of the record. It's really kind of as we were working on lyrics more and we felt that it was in it would be cool to have like a real cohesive, really tight theme mm. to the album. And yeah, it's true to us, true to what we're going through, true to where our our head's at. And I think it's actually true to a certain cultural moment that we're going through. What do you mean? Look at the Grammys. Tracy Chapman. Oh, hold on. Tracy Chapman, Annie Lennox. Uh, uh, who was there? Celine. Um, Killer Mike. Yeah, Killer Mike. Everybody, wait, who's feeding? Um, who's feeding? Who's, who's volume? I think your volume is pretty loud. Is that it? No, I'm right. At, I'm in the middle now. I think we should be good. I think you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. Tracy Chapman, Killer Mike. These are older, older yeah. artists, you're saying. Yeah. The Grammys a couple of days ago was a coronation of like middle-aged artists. Right. And, and even older artists. And I think that after a few years of um, obsessing over Gen Z, like all these older, even Taylor's older. 
I think there's a moment this is towards really adults. interesting. Yeah. I, th- I think you might be right about it. I, I never thought about that. I've been thinking about it for two years. <laughs> That's really. <laughs> so, what are the conversations like, Patrick? Like, what are the conversations like in the studio? Take me into them. Like, hey, we want to make a record, and it needs to be a little bit more grown up. We're always honest with ourselves. You know, we don't kid ourselves on anything. We're not. We do music that's true to us. We're not trying to jump on any trend. We have never tried to do that. So as we're getting older, of course, and we're also very um, uh, self, uh, how do you say? um, Self-aware? Self-aware. So as we grow older, we're like, okay, well, what's the next record going to sound like? We're definitely not going to try to jump on the pop bandwagon or try to sound or look younger than we are. We're just being very honest with ourselves. Always be honest with yourself. Longevity is the key. You know, it's mm. you, you can't fool anybody. People are not stupid. I, I want to talk about that longevity is the key thing in just a second. But how about we listen to something off the record? Just take a listen to this. Because we got it good. Romeo and got it good from the new album Adult Contemporary. I got so I got a couple of questions about this. <laughs> Please. One is um, talk to me about how you wanted to approach these lyrics. Talk to me about how you wanted to approach this like sincerity, yeah. acknowledgement of getting older, acknowledgement of middle age. Well, our lyrics have always been. Um, it, it, we've always towed the line between disarmingly sincere and cheeky, and and both are really important. It's. To us, the ultimate challenge has been to be able to be, you know, funny enough, cheeky enough, um, have a little bit of humor, a little bit of self-awareness, and then also have something really, really relatable and true. And um, on on this album, we just felt like talking about things that we've experienced in relationships um, that are true to come, that reflect where we've come to be in life. And um, I don't know, the concepts just popped up like so organically and I would run them by P every other day, like CODA, codependent. Like that's, you know, I was like, I'm codependent on you and I won't, um, I won't be independent till I reach my quota with you. Like it's, uh, he, he laughed. I was like, let's, let's run with that. Let's rap. <laughs> I like, I like how you're there just, you know, make sure to laugh. Yeah, he's sure. like my editor. He's like <laughs> but, my editor. But like, like, you know, it's, and, and to me, this goes back to the first album. Yeah. You know, Mama's mm. Boy was just as introspective yeah. and a strange subject to talk about. By the way, that's our second album. Yeah, this is in my mind. It's all big. <laughs> in my mind, it's all been one big box set up until this point, man. It's all a medley. I, I want to go. I want to go to uh, what you said. That was the second question I had. You're right. There is Chromio have never been a joke band. No, Chromio have never been like a, a jokey, funny band. No, there are jokey, funny, silly bands. Some are great. Lots of great ones. Lots is a stretch. Right. Some are very good. You're right. You know what I mean? I was trying to be nice. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Some of them, especially in the kind of music you guys make, it can become pretty camp pretty pretty quickly. 100%. I would also say that like over sincerity in this music can be a little bit much. It's Mm -hmm. the worst. That's the worst. Mm -hmm. Talk talk to me a little bit about balancing them. 
That's the challenge. I mean, that, you know, what really keeps us motivated day in and day out is like balancing that stuff. And even with the music, it's like if, you know, our music is heavily indebted to 80s synth pop. But if we go too literal, it sucks. It's, it's, if we go too literal, it's AI. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, give me an AI 80s song. Like, I, we don't want that. So we purposely make wrong choices. We purposely use idiosyncratic little things to make it more modern. And then with the lyrics, the, the juxtaposition of like this kind of funky, synthy, dancey musical bed with love-torn, neurotic lyrics is kind of our contribution to the genre. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, and similarly, in the lyrical tip, we really work hard to, like you said, total line between campy, kitschy, goofy, weird al, and then on the other side, overly sincere. Bright eyes. Yeah, and he's that's cool. He's great. Too. Yeah, he's amazing. It's just it doesn't correspond to who P and I are. Like we're funny dudes. Yeah, you know, we used to we used to make everyone laugh in high school. Yeah, like, we're just we're we're we used to always be this funny duo that people would like. Could we, have been stand a stand up duo. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So you know, with music, it's got to be it's got to reflect everything that we love, the sincerity, the adoration. Uh, for a specific genre music, the 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 admiration for the pioneers of this genre, and also our little twist, and um, yeah, it's a challenge every time, and that's what keeps us motivated. Uh, w- one more song off the record, and I want to talk a little bit about how this record came together, like t- almost technically or spiritually or something. Take a listen to this. My guests are Chromio. That's Words With You from the new album, Adult Contemporary. Patrick, uh, help me understand this uh, a little bit better. So the last record that you guys put out, from what I remember, one of the most recent, it's all a medley, but one of the most recent <laughs> records you put out, I remember there being a lot of collaborators. I remember yes. there being a lot of people on it. Yeah. This one, uh, uh, back to just the two of you, right? Why? Every album is a, re- is a reaction to the previous one. Right. right. So, and... A, pre, a reaction to all the previous ones to the medley. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in the medley of our life, you know, we were just at a point where on the last album we wanted to experiment. We had just had a hit with Jealous. Yeah. The record labels were like, let's get another Jealous. Yeah. And we were like, sure, it's not that easy, but you know what? Let's take advantage of this situation and and the budget. And the budget (laughs) (laughs) to explore, because up until that point, it had been Dave and I in basements, in weird studios in Brooklyn, you know, it had been just the two of us. So we're like, let's try, you know, a a, a star cast of writers and features on this album since we can afford it, since the label is ready to, you know, participate, put the money behind it. Yeah. And we, it's an experiment. Yeah. We indulged. We indulged. It was fun. It, it did was, well. It did it well. Did well. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It got us our only Grammy nomination. I was going to say, that was the Grammy nomination. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so. and we went crazy. You know, we went, we, we mixed, we used like the two, we just wanted the biggest, biggest, most expansive, most uh, polished version of Chromio. And, and like P said, what comes after is like, all right, it's like a dialogue. And then we're like, okay, we did that. We learned. We learned. 
Let's take everything we learned and take it back to the basement. And take it back to the basement, take meaning that's kind of like how the records first started getting made, yep. right? Yeah. So how did that feel when you started to go back to that early it, way of making it? It felt things? great because it, it was, the last record was another muscle, you know? There's a lot of writers. Every song has 10, you know, five to 10 people credited uh, as songwriters. Um, so our exercise was a little different than when we're both of us writing, producing, playing arranging yeah, yeah, yeah. arranging so it was a good exercise but coming back to our true form make each other laugh find new stuff to put in on songs and, and try different you know we experiment when you say let's go back to the beginning like we wanted to go back to sort of the, how this thing started how did this thing start you you told me a little bit about i mean i don't i i know you guys i heard about you guys when you guys sort of blew up and before jealous yeah fancy footwork but if you better see that fancy footwork you were very cool. Yeah. Very, you are very cool, but you were like a very cool band to me. I remember we were people hipster, whisper, we were hipster, hipster band. dance yeah. band. I remember 100%. hearing about that. Yeah. But what about back in Montreal? Like you guys just met in high school and making each other laugh. Any music at all? Yeah, we yeah, had, we, we started, we, started, we, yeah. We we met when I was 15 and P was 16. We had a high school band together. I was on guitar. P was on bass. What kind of music was it? Like funk. funk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Funk adjacent. Acid jazz. Yeah. If you remember that yeah. current. Yeah. Or, you know, the Roots, the first Roots album had just come out. Mm-hmm. And we loved that idea. Um, we were in, you know, acid jazz, discovering funk, rap. We, we were like hip hop heads. You yeah. Know, so. Hip hop too. Um um, was there a scene in Montreal at that time? Kind like of, that? yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, Kid Koala's band, yeah. Bullfrog, yeah, they were they were the best, right? They were unbeatable, and they right. were our heroes. Mm. Um, so there was absolutely a scene, and but we were kids, you know, yeah. we were fifteen, sixteen, and then um, as the stuff, the band kind of fell apart, you know, it was high school stuff. Yeah. We started producing hip hop. Mm-hmm. And so we each had like samplers and that's where like P taught me how to do it. And I, I produced a lot of Canadian hip hop stuff. And at one point I was working at a record store and Tiga, the legendary Canadian techno DJ pioneer mm-hmm. visionary <laughs> was working there too. And he was like, man, I see you make all these rap beats. Like you're, you're really popping in this kind of local rap thing. What about making an album on my techno label? And I was like, okay, that's a perfect opportunity to bring in P and create a duo. He was like, yeah, I love it. Do whatever you want. And so he gave us a deal on Turbo Records, and P and I didn't know what we were going to do. So there was no, like, we're going to make dance music. We didn't, know make... what, we didn't know what dance music was. We'd never, we, we had no idea what dance music was. We were hip-hop, funk, soul. I, we had never heard Daft Punk. Right, yeah, like We had right, heard right, around right. the world in, in high school, and that was it. Yeah, Never yeah. heard Daft Punk. barely... I could barely connect the song to the band. Yeah, and they they were sort of a a weird, like, 2 a.m. much music band, too, for a while. I mean, they had that... um, uh, Yeah, Defunk. Defunk, yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of knew it. We didn't really know it. Mm -hmm. And then then through Tiga and through, you know, working at that record store, we got into it. And we noticed that a lot of these uh, house records were produced like hip-hop records, namely Daft Punk, SP-1200 Drum Machine, and a sample. So we're like, okay, they're just looping up. And, and sampling funk and disco. Yes. Yeah, so I was know. like, this is, we, we said to each other, this is a lot closer to us than we think. Mm-hmm. And P goes like, hey, they're using vocorders and talk box. P was doing that since high school band. He was mm-hmm. like, so we just started putting everything together. And actually the funny detail is 
right around that time is uh, when the movie The Wedding Singer came out. Mm-hmm. And that like had all these 80 songs that were, were still kind of considered guilty pleasures then. Mm-hmm. And we were like, ooh, this is a good kind of music to pay homage to. We were like, there's something happening. People are people are into this kind of '80s throwback music. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. Is ho- it was a whole new pool of reference for us. Yeah, it's, and we we're uh, like, we low key kind of. And I, I grew up watching um, much music, and even before much music, when I was a small child, I would watch video hits after school yeah. every day. And so, like, I still had like Robert Palmer's "Simply Irresistible" and Prince and Huey Lewis, like imprinted in my in, in my mind and I was like man it'd be cool to be a front man like that we were always obsessed with ZZ Top mm-hmm. we always wanted to be like a ZZ Top kind of band because there's a bit there's a there's a uh, there's a there... commitment to the bit okay mm-hmm. the bit the bit sucks if you're not committed right mm-hmm. we're Chromeo every day yeah and ZZ Top is like <laughs> that's why they're our biggest influence we want to be the ZZ Top of funk because they've, they've got the respect they've got the longevity yeah and they've got the full commitment yeah forever There are those guys with those beards looking that way, sounding like that. All the, time. all the time they're amazing respected musicians mm-hmm. who are you know op- like incredible blues musicians and people who are only into music yep also also dig it yep they've had widespread acclaim yep and the hipsters also like them and they're funny and Legs. they're very funny they're hysterical so so sharp when, dress man yeah, that's right. all chromio dna this is blowing my mind right uh-huh. now. i love this very much uh-huh. i love this very much so so like when the shows start happening um and you've, you've been behind the scenes for a long time. You've been producing hip hop for a long time. It must have been a pretty amazing feeling when you start doing shows and people are going crazy dancing to your shows. They weren't, they they weren't, weren't going, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, was not, that did not happen like that. I'm sorry to say. Oh, in my mind, it's like in, you know, oh, there's a, no. we cut to you, we cut oh, to, no, you no, walk no, out no, from no, behind no. the record store counter and all of a sudden you're in a rave in Montreal at 2.30 in the morning. No. Everyone's losing their mind, no, no, you know. It's, and, 11, you know? it's 11 p.m. and there's... 35 people oh, no. of which we all know <laughs> yeah yeah no no it wasn't there was four years of uh, there was four years of anti-heroic anti-climactic grind keep in mind our set of references and what we were you know adoring and 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 you know copying yeah was frowned upon <laughs> When we started. Back then. People didn't Back think then. Rick James was cool. They didn't think, they didn't think Hall & Oates were cool. It was too close for comfort. Like We're starting to reference stuff in late 90s, early 2000s, you know, and I'm wearing a full-on mullet and there's still people around wearing mullets. It's not <laughs> ironic yet. Like uh, It's, it's not it, fully- It made people y- uncomfortable. It, yeah. Wow. But that's the real, that's when you're really ironic. It's yeah. when you make people uncomfortable. But we, we loved it though. We were sincerely <laughs> loving. I'll tell you a funny story. Some of the, mu- some music heads got it from the beginning. Yeah. And loved it. Yeah. Some of which were the group, the seminal indie group, Block Party. Mm-hmm. And they're like, guys, our album's dropping, Silent Alarm, classic. Mm-hmm. 2004, we're going to crush the UK. There's one band that we want to open for us, it's Chromio. P and I leap at the opportunity. 
we opened for Block Party in front of these indie British NME reading, you know, kids that had never heard of a drum machine, much Our less arms a- crossed, frowning, frowning. <laughs> and I remember P. I remember P had uh, he had gotten like this kind of zoot suit because he was. We were going all in. He had a zoot suit, and this was, must have been in like Sheffield. And then there was such awkward poses between the songs. And I was like, hey, how about my man's uh, suit? Handmade in Zaire. And no one understood. Like we could hear crickets all the way to Birmingham. (laughs) But then something miraculous happened between MySpace, Mashups, Diplo, Edbanger, Justice, 2007. We come out with our second album the Claxons, MGMT, yeah. all of a sudden, indie kids want to dance. Yeah. All of a sudden, indie kids are into neon, daft punk, party mode. Yeah. And the pre, and, pre-80s revival. <laughs> yeah. And we rode that wave. Yeah. And we didn't even know what happened. We didn't know how it happened. And that's when, after four years of crickets, we come back with our second album finished, book a US tour, and the whole tour sold out. And right. we did not understand. So I'm 36 now, and it's interesting to be able to look back nostalgically uh, at my at my generation kind of for the first time. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but do you remember that moment when like it was all the Strokes and the White Stripes, and then all of a sudden it was like MGMT and LCD Sound System and Chromio, and even though you were wearing skinny jeans, you were allowed to dance again. More coming up with Dave and P from Chromio. It's after this on Q. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with, and I love saying this, uh, Montreal electro-funk pioneers, Chromio. Uh, uh, Montreal band Chromio started out playing in dingy basements around there in the late 90s, have since gone on to play packed festivals uh, around the world. They played Coachella a bunch of times. But yeah, it didn't happen for them right away. After years and years of grinding it out, something happened that no band can ever expect. Four albums into their career they get one of those massive hits, one of those life-changing songs. I wanted to ask them what that time is actually like, but first we listen to a bit of it. Take a listen. I mean, that's a whole... By the way, it still sounds great. I was thinking that, but I, I could never say it because it sounds horrible to say. But yeah, I was like, wow, this slaps. That still sounds good. That, but that's a whole other level yeah. of, mm-hmm. of this thing. I think thing. it's like triple platinum now in Canada or something. It, it's not, you know, it's not Pitchfork RIP, you know, right. uh, digging it. That's radio. That's mm-hmm. massive. Yeah, it's an accident. That's yeah. get lucky Daft Punk. It's an accident. Six, what do you mean? We didn't know. We didn't know. We just made the song. Mm. 
I swear, we just made the song. We had no idea. You didn't say like, okay, it's time time to take a big swing here. Absolutely well, not. Okay, kind of. No, no. We you had a moment where you're like, hey, let's let's write some easier to digest True. progressions and chords, and that was when uh, Calvin Harris had it was like what his first album. Second, I think. First or third. second, yeah. Album he, was out. he had. I mean, I started like listening to pop, and I, I, I will say, like at that time, there was really cool pop stuff that I was into because it was like still like indie pop. So like yeah, yeah. Ellie, got, Ellie yeah. Goulding, yeah. Uh, Empire of the Sun. Yeah, yeah. it let's, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like let's make pop. No, let's. It was like let's, let's make, make something indie pop. Something less uh less not less us but less like mm, niche niche <laughs> it was cool but, but there was a lot of really cool pop music because yeah, indie in, artists yeah. were yeah. crossing yeah. over yeah. skrillex was pop yeah. like yeah. like ellie goulding came yeah. from indie was pop um um empire of the sun's a great example yeah mm. and so we were like okay we could we could try i guess but mm. we didn't know it was going to be like that but we we try i guess we tried yeah. p was like oh, i'll make the it chords a little like, simpler i just remember him telling me this and i was like okay i'm gonna tone down the weirdness in chord progressions and came up with the chord pro- progression for jealous i had they've the hook, had a, i had the hook for years they've had really? the hook that he just like superimposed and and it worked out we produced it if if anything the production was like an intentional okay let's make this cleaner cleaner you know yeah does that change i mean you, you mentioned earlier like hey we got a bigger budget after that the label's like hey yeah. very exciting yeah does that, does that that must change does that change the band that song does that change it does it does it's it's i mean look it's it's we're extremely grateful that happened it might be the only one or it might there might be other ones but yeah it changed everything it changes your life for a minute for a minute you know but um yeah, it does. It, it then it's just like some of it becomes phony. Like there's stuff that's like not like we got a residency in Vegas from that. Oh yeah, and like P and I, we're not Vegas <laughs> resident DJs. Like we took it and ran with it, but it's like this ain't us, mm. you know. So you kind of have to rock with that for a couple of years because you're not playing Chromeo shows at a big room where people love you. You're playing kind of like a late night. Ravey, dancey show in Vegas. Or no, it's more like a. Yeah, that would have been great. No, no, it's a bottle service club. It's a bottle service club. And we might as well be the chain smokers. Yeah, yeah. No no disrespect to the chain smokers. No, they're dope. But it just wasn't us. Yeah. You know, so you come across these opportunities that are amazing, but we were always in this for the long game. You know, we really always were like, okay, but how do you flip this into longevity? You know, and that kind of stuff. Well, that's the question I had. Is there a lesson here that you're how many albums deep when so, Jealous? This is the oh when Jealous, Jealous was out? on the fourth. Is there a lesson there at, that you were? Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Don't look at me. He doesn't know which album. He has oh, no he memory. Never, you're like medley. It, it was on like the first medley, I yeah, think. He, uh, is there a lesson there that, that it it was you, well, it wasn't your first single. It wasn't your no. second single. It was four albums oh, in before yeah, that thing yeah. hit. Is there a lesson there? Yeah, it's it's just that like you just stay the course and things happen when they happen. But you know, I, somebody once tweeted like your career starts at year ten. I think that applies to what you do too. Yep. I think it applies to mm-hmm. it, it uh-huh. applies to actors, models, mm-hmm. artists. The career starts at year number ten. Yep, and because because. Years one to ten, there's flukes, mm-hmm. or there's hype, yeah. or there's buzz, yeah. or there's in order, or there's a, a runaway TikTok success. Yeah. So let's talk at year ten and let's see where you're at. And not only that, the the business we all are in. I don't know if this applies to you sure, in sure. your line of work. I'm pretty sure it does. It doesn't number on your mental health as well, uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. So it's like 
at year 10, if you're healthy, if you're solid, now is the time to start strategizing, mm-hmm. you know, and really looking at the long game. I'm 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 always glad that this that not that the show's like uh, not that I'm you know Jay, Jay Leno here because apparently it's 1996 in my mind, not that I'm you know the the, the toast of the town. But I'm glad it, whatever did happen didn't happen in my first year. I think right. about that, you know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to handle it. I would the have wisdom been, you've gained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You must feel that way too. I mean, again, you know. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we never, P and I, um, we, luckily, lucky for us, we never had like a drug issue because mm-hmm. in the first years of Chromio, we had to budget how to both sleep together in a day's in. I, I don't know. <laughs> we never had the luxury to party. Right. You know? right. So, yeah. so, and oh, yeah, Chromio is like a late bloomer band. Yeah. yeah, and a lifer band. A lifer band, mm-hmm. definitely. I'm I'm such a fan of the band. And Thank nice, you. nice. I love the record. Thank Thanks you. for coming in. Oh my god! Thanks for having us. Get out of here. Ah. Keep, keep making keep making medleys. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we we split tasks. Just to clarify for the Canadian listenership, P and I split tasks, and I'm tasked with memory. P does the numbers. I don't know numbers. He's future. Yeah, you know, you're present and past. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a good way to say it. She knew just what she was doing Leaving her personal effects behind I know I'll find him one night And she'll probably be on my mind Oh yeah She knew just she Chromeo and personal effects Before that, my conversation with the Montreal band Chromeo Their new album, Adult Contemporary, is out now um, If you... Check out our podcast feed. You'll see the other episode we have up today. And it, it has to do with a, an emotion that um, I think all of us have experienced to varying degrees at some point in our lives. Uh, guilt. Uh, Diane Flax went through a divorce. She felt tremendous guilt for her ex-partner, for her kids. She got up on stage, started talking about it, realized it can be funny. And she'll be here to talk about that and, and what she learned about guilt. Go, go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Where you got this podcast. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.